Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Well, Christian, we are here again for another episode of the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, continuing on in the book of Philippians. First off, Christian, how is your week? It's good. Just another week working and progressing and enjoying the Lord. I like that uh, word there, enjoying the Lord, Christian, because in Philippians, specifically chapter three, this is where we're going towards. We brought it out in the other podcast that Paul is really focused on experiencing Christ. And Philippians three, I would say, is probably the peak of experiencing Christ. And what we mean by that is for many people, Christ is just a historical person. Or maybe we know about Christ. We know about his good works on the earth at that time, his life on the earth, maybe the historical fact of his crucifixion, his resurrection, and his ascension. These are all fantastic things to know. I mean, we have holidays celebrating his resurrection. We have holidays celebrating his birth. But actually, according to Paul, his resurrection, his sufferings, those are all actually experiences for us. Christian, I don't know if you have anything you want to add before we start our reading today. No, I, I think it's it's good. Again, we're getting into Philippians and to be reminded again that this book is really on the experience of Christ, right? I mean, in chapter one, we were talking about Paul's praying that the believers would have the bountiful supply of the spirit uh, to experience that. And, and, and I think we had talked about having the mind of Christ multiple times, you know, and that, that's something very experiential. And last week we had talked about knowing Christ, knowing Christ. And I think a, a little bit, a bit about of counting things lost on account of Christ. So this very Christ-centered and very focused on not just an objective knowledge or experience of Christ, but more importantly, a subjective, personal, individual even, uh, experience of Christ. You're exactly right, Christian. Well, today let's go ahead and get into our reading. So we'll be reading Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. And then we want to really focus on these two verses, because I think if our listeners can see what Paul is saying here, it will truly revolutionize our own experience of Christ. So Christian, do you have those verses available? Yes. So this is Philippians chapter three, verses nine and 10. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is out of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is out of God and based on faith, to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, 
Awesome, Christian. Well, again, here in these verses, we see a couple of significant points, right? Number one in verse nine, being found in him. And then the next verse, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Christian, let's stop here and focus on this matter of being found in him and knowing him. What does it mean to be found in Christ? I, I had to really get some help from some of the ministry I about this. And I really like the expressions that some of the, a lot of the different uh, teachers before us have given it. It's like, whatever you're doing, like if you're at home or if you're at work, like what are you found doing? Like what, what, would, what would people find you doing? Would they just find you really into your work or would they find you fill in the blank? But Paul here, he has this aspiration. He's like, he wants to be found in Christ. What does that look like? Maybe like, I don't know. I'm, when someone finds me, they find me enjoying the Lord or they just find me in Christ. And uh, I think that's a great aspiration from Paul. And that can be a, an aspiration for us also. And that can become like a prayer, like, Lord, like, what does this mean? Being found in Christ, being found in you, even a prayer, Lord, I, I want to experience this. I want to experience being found in Christ. I, I don't know if you have anything to add, some experience or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Christian, I know when I read this verse, I was also kind of puzzled in trying to figure out what it means to be found in him, right? And again, the context in Philippians 3 was Paul started off by telling you his awesome background, right? His pedigree, that he was a Jew of Jews. According to the Pharisee law, he was one of the top Pharisees. In fact, I think in Galatians, he said he was above his peers, in the pharisaical studies, you could say. And he would be found, if you met Paul at that time, or Saul of Tarsus, you would probably find him completely consumed with the things of the Jewish religion. He was maybe in the temple, studying the law, teaching. Uh, even earlier, he said he was persecuting the church. So when you found him, his righteousness, his uh, zeal was completely consumed with the Jewish religion. After that, after his salvation, you found a different person. He had very little to do with the Jewish religion afterwards from a legalistic standpoint. He would be there, he would say, you know, teaching and debating maybe some of the Pharisees to try to get them to see the Lord. But when someone saw him, they saw someone who was in Christ. And what I mean by that is maybe he's singing hymns or maybe it's someone outward, but I would almost say that it's almost like a sense more so. It's sometimes it's probably hard to describe. I would say in my personal experience, sometimes I, you know, I meet with colleagues and obviously we're in medicine, so we're discussing medical things and we're just doing medical things and yada, yada, yada. But then sometimes I meet a brother in Christ who maybe is a physician as well, right? He's a physician. He's a brother in Christ, and we might be talking and fellowshipping, and then you get a sense that this guy is not consumed with medicine, but he is consumed with Christ. At least that's my interpretation of what Paul is talking about here. He's saying, when you meet me, am I consumed with my occupation? Am I just consumed with being a medical student? Or am I consumed with Christ? 
that sounds really good. Even it's a little bit convicting. It's like, uh, oh Lord, like, what am I found in when people see me? Whether I'm at home or I'm at, you know, I'm at school, wherever. That's a, I think that's a really good reminder and an aspiration. I think, wow, like, Amen. I want to be found in Christ. Yeah, Amen, Christian. And again, I think this is such an experiential word. You know, this is not something theological, but rather this is something that I would even say God expects us to experience. You know, I was just thinking about this briefly. You know, when Adam ate of the tree and he fell. The first question that God asked was, where are you? Right now, God, of course, is omniscient. He's omnipotent. He knows everything. He was everywhere. I mean, there is, he was not asking that question because he did not know where Adam was. He's God. But he was asking that question for Adam's sake, to ask Adam, Adam, where are you? Not location-wise, but where are you in relation to me? And of course, I, I like what you said. It was very convicting for Adam because when God asked that question, Adam realized he was not found in God anymore. So anyway, I, I agree. I think now this is the actual experience of that word. Sometimes we might be in our busy day, in our busy studies, being busy in experiments, and God might come and ask us, where are you? Right? And he's not asking you, like, are you in your lab or are you in your classroom? And maybe not even like, are you reading the Bible? But maybe more, have you contacted me to be found in me today? And, and for my experience, I've definitely had many of those times where I'm so busy, so caught up in my responsibilities that the Lord might just almost remind me and I would have to confess, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm not in you. I'm not being found in you, but guess what? We can turn and repent and confess and be found in him that instant, which kind of brings us along to this next portion here, Christian, to know him and the power of his resurrection. Right there, Christian, Paul is saying, you want to know, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. But Christian, I thought the resurrection was just a historical event that happened 2000 years ago. So how would we know him and the power of his resurrection? You know, I, I think it helps to mention something that we had mentioned all the way back from Philippians chapter one, when we had spoken about the bountiful supply of Jesus Christ. And actually that spirit, it's just, it's really significant that title. It's actually one of the first times it's used this complete title, the spirit of Jesus Christ. So how is it possible? Yeah. That we, how can we experience the power of his resurrection? I, I know you had mentioned something. Maybe we could get into some verses from John to help us out talking about the spirit of reality. I'm glad you brought that up Christian, because this you're exactly right. You know, in John 16, when the Lord was about to be crucified, I don't always say this, you know, these are the Lord's last words, right? So if you knew you're about to die, you knew you were about to be crucified, what you are going to say is going to be very important to you, right? You're not going to spend time, your last breath, 
talking about the weather or, or things like that. You're going to focus on what is significant. And I remember here in John 16, the Lord says, I tell you the truth. This is in verse seven. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, I always remember being puzzled by this. You're like, Lord, why didn't you live till you're 70? I'm sure if you live that long, your ministry will be so much greater. You could have touched so many more people. You could have healed so many more people. And you could still go to the cross at 70 There's and still die for our redemption. And you could have taught us so much more things about how to be kind to our neighbors and feed the poor and remember the widow and things like that. But the Lord said, no, no, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go, I'm sending the Spirit. And then I remember here in John 16, same chapter 13, that a few verses down, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. Now, I want to do a little caveat here because a lot of translations will say the word truth. But in the Greek word, this word truth does not mean true and false. This word truth means reality. So what is real? So the spirit of truth, actually a better translation would be the word, the spirit of reality. He will guide you into all the reality. So essentially what the Lord is saying is the spirit will make these things real to you. Now you tie it back here in Philippians chapter three, I believe what he's saying is how would you, how do you know him? How do you know the power of his resurrection, right? That sounds so like, does that just mean I'm just an overcoming life? No, what he's saying is the spirit, like you mentioned earlier, Christian, the bountiful supply, the spirit of Jesus Christ, this spirit has the power of his resurrection. And when we experience this spirit, that power now is our experience. So the power of his resurrection that he had 2,000 years ago is now made real to us in our daily experience by the spirit of reality. So I don't know if that made any sense. I feel like I went around the world. but Well, I was just considering how, how awesome it is that, you know, that, that can be our experience, you know, experiencing resurrection. Like, what does that even look like? What does that even mean? Experiencing the power of his resurrection. I look into my own experience many times. We're put into death situations all the time, actually. Right. I, you know, not not literal or physical death, perhaps, but very deadening situations, or you find yourself in a very dead condition, right? And that's the time where I think. The Lord as resurrection can be experienced by us. Actually, resurrection can't happen if there's no death. There has, to, there has to be a death in order for a resurrection to occur. So I, I think it's really precious also that in our kind of difficult, maybe dead experiences, that's an opportunity where when we turn to the Lord, it's like the Lord can come in and become a resurrection to us. In that kind of situation and that that just becomes a, a very sweet experience 
You know, Christian, I'm really glad you brought out this experience because you're right. I believe, especially a lot of our listeners are medical students. You know, sometimes you're stuck, right? And you're studying and you're studying and then you feel like you're getting stuck there. And then the anxiety and then the fear and then the doubt and all these things starts creeping in. And those, I believe, are some examples of the deadening situations that sometimes we find ourselves in. But as Christians, what's such a blessing is we don't have to stay there. In fact, those situations offer an opportunity for the spirit of reality to make the power of his resurrection real to us. And I just want to tie this last part in. You know, we brought this up actually in our Romans podcast that the spirit is supposed to be experienced with our spirit. One example I heard from someone is our spirit is like an organ that allows us to contact the spirit. So what that would be like is let's say our organ is a mouth, right? Let's say the spirit is food, right? This is an example. Our spirit is a mouth that's made to eat food, right? Sometimes we try to contact the spirit with our quote-unquote ear or contact the spirit with our quote-unquote eye. So obviously you can't put a sandwich in your ear. You can't put a sandwich in your eye. That makes zero sense. But you can put a sandwich in your mouth because that was what the organ was meant to do. And so in the Romans podcast, we brought out that we have a spirit. And this spirit's purpose is to contact the spirit. And one way to do that in my own experience, so as a former medical student being stuck in that deadening situation, is actually to say, oh, Lord Jesus. It sounds really weird, but something about calling on God, and we brought this out in our Genesis podcast, right? We had this whole lineage of people that were calling on God. And when we call on God, like, oh, Jehovah, oh, Lord, you know, Jesus, something happened. It's not like we glow on fire and our eyeballs start glowing and we start going into a trance or anything, but something of the power of his resurrection uplifts us out of that deadening situation. And the situation might not have changed, meaning the studying still has to happen. The test is still coming, right? Nothing, none of that has changed, but what has changed is you're changed. You're now knowing him. Not just in a doctrinal way, not just in a historical way, but you're knowing him in an experiential way. You're knowing his resurrection. You're sharing in his sufferings, right? You're being conformed to everything that he went through. All that is being applied to you by the spirit of reality. Well, Christian, any closing thoughts that you have? I was just enjoying what we had fellowshiped about today. You know, again, how awesome it is that the Lord, he has become the spirit so that we can experience God. And you'd mentioned we can experience the spirit in our spirit today. And this brings us into various experiences of experiencing Christ, experiencing God in his resurrection power in, in these suffering situations. And I think that's all so practical and so helpful to us. Amen. Well, amen, Christian. Um, So next week, 
we will be finishing up, or maybe in two more weeks, we'll be finishing up Philippians. But the next couple of weeks, I think we'll really reach a climax, an apex, because we'll really be focusing in on pursuing Christ. And there's a lot to be spoken of on this matter of pursuing. So for our listeners, don't miss next week because we are coming in hot. Thanks again, Christian, for your time. Sure, amen. Right